Hello again. Welcome back to my channel. This is Fishnets and Philosophy and I'm Tyg. So on this week's episode, what I am going to talk about, and definitely won't be the only time I talk about it, but it's a starting off point is I'm going to talk about polyamory and the reason that I want to talk about that is because I am a polyamorous person and before I stumbled across it as a thing I didn't know anything about it, it wasn't something that was talked about that much. None of my friend group, like, I just didn't know about it. So, the reason why I want to talk about it is to make it more known, put it out there. More known than it already is. So, what is polyamory? Well, uh, if we go to the root of the word, it takes poly, meaning more, multitude, multiple, and amor, love. Throw them together, and you get polyamory, which means multiple loves. Effectively, that's the very basic root of it. And that's what it is. It's multiple loving committed relationships. So the antithesis of it is monogamy, which is when you have choose to have one committed loving partner. And then I guess almost a bridge between those two is ethical non-monogamy. So ethical non-monogamy kind of speaks for itself. It's about being ethical, open and honest, but it's also non-monogamy, so it means that you're not with one partner. But usually and typically Ethical non-monogamy refers more to having multiple sexual partners. So you could have one committed couple, they're the relationship, but then they have other sexual relations outside of that couple. So they have other bed partners playmates. But those other people that they have relations with aren't a loving relationship. Whereas polyamory is about multiple loving relationships. So that's the first thing that kind of is important to nip in the bud. Polyamory is not just about sex. 
just having the freedom and ability to have multiple partners doesn't mean that you're going to be having way more sex than you would be if you were single and dating monogamously. So that's the, that's the first thing to nip in the bud and the reason it's important to nip in the bud is because one of the main, that's one of the main misconceptions of polyamory is that people conflate polyamory with ethical non-monogamy or swinging swingers. So when you're coming from a purely monogamous standpoint and perspective and you hear about this wild wild west of multiple partners it's probably going to be expected that the first reaction is lots and lots of people having sex with lots of people totally not the case And, speak, and on the point of polyamory not being purely about sex is that polyamory is a very popular and common relationship style of people who are asexual. So, typically, now, I myself am not asexual, so I can't speak for the experience of these people, but usually, typically, it means that there isn't base sexual desire or even sexual interest. intimacy for asexual people doesn't even involve sex. It, intimacy is in all other different forms. So if you have an asexual partner who is in a relationship with either an allosexual, which is and the more, I guess, acceptable term for compared to hypersexual, someone who sex is an important part of being in a relationship, or at least of forming intimacy. If you have an asexual partner like that, then that means that polyamory allows them to have their sexual needs fulfilled in other relationships without interfering with the strength and commitment of that relationship. So that's one of the real great appeals of polyamory is that it goes against the very almost heteronormative 
systemic view that you're supposed to find everything that you need, all your needs, to be met in one person. Or if you don't, you go for as much as you can get. Complete bullshit, if you ask me. I didn't sign up for that game. So polyamory, which is uh, allowing for the freedom of having multiple loving connections, means that your needs can be met by multiple people. And now, one caveat is that you can never view your other partners or other people as need fulfillment machines. They're people. So you can't just be with the person solely because they fulfill a specific need and that's the only reason you're with them. Because that's not ethical. Now, if you were, say, a kinky individual and you found a play partner and there was no romantic involvement and it was purely just you had this physical play relationship where you fulfilled each other with specific kinks that you have. That's one thing and that's a specific arrangement and agreement between two people that both know that there is no actual relationship, loving relationship. But what you can't do is seek out a loving relationship and stay in a loving relationship just because that person fulfills a certain need and that's the only reason you're with them. We seek out the people we love for who they are. The simple fact that they also fulfill a need of ours is just an added benefit. So I want to talk about why I chose polyamory. And that's the thing that is the important thing at the end of the day. Yeah, it is a choice. We grow up in society were fed this idea that monogamy is the one and only way. There is no other way. Again, complete another bullshit, but the wool was over my eyes. How was I supposed to know any better? But polyamory isn't some altruistic enlightened path. It's not better than monogamy. It's just another choice, it's another option. And that at the end of the day is what I want, is to just spread the information far and wide that monogamy isn't the one and only way, that there are other options out there. But at the end of the day it's a choice. Polyamory, because 
I realized I wasn't happy in being monogamous, and I wanted more. And yeah, I wanted to be able to have sex with more people, with multiple people. Of course, that was definitely something that uh, I was excited about the thought of. But really, it was more, I wanted the freedom to not have to shut off a connection as it's developing. Like, do we ever, or whenever I think back, like, to times when either I was, or yeah, times when I was in relationships, when there was new connections I was making, that ultimately they all ended up being friendships because I was in a monogamous relationship. But now when I think back, if I had been polyamorous, who knows where those connections could have gone. And that's the attraction for me, is the freedom to explore new connections with new people. That's exciting. Solo poly means that effectively you your first relationship is your relationship with yourself and then you have your you have other partners but none of you live together so you could have any number of partners but you're solo poly because you are on your own and your partners may be on their own but that's what makes you a solo poly person as opposed to someone who has a nesting partner so a nesting partner would be partner that lives with you full time. So that means that even though you may have other partners outside of that relationship, that main relationship, that is your main relationship because that's the person that you spend most of your time with and you live with. So that's what differentiates from solo poly. But then another option, another form of practicing would be triads, which is when you have three people that are dating. So they all date each other. And on the 
topic of triads, and this is probably going to be something that will need a more in-depth episode to focus on, but effectively triads is three people that are dating. One of the common misconceptions of triads is when you have a main couple that might be nesting partners but a main couple are looking for a third to join them effectively in the bedroom so usually and these specific people would be referred to as unicorn hunters because it's effectively a couple that is seeking a third that's going to pleasure both of them. So usually it's a bi-female that wants to be with both. So that's what unicorn hunting is. And unicorn hunting wouldn't be incredibly ethical. But that will require a more in-depth episode where I'll go into more nuance about it and specifically about triads, so just take that at the moment, it's kind of like a pinch of salt. Or, you know, put a pin in that one for the moment, because I will expand on it at a later date. Another misconception that monogamous society has about polyamory or ethical non-monogamy is that it is cheating just purely because of the fact that there are other people involved it's a very toxic monogamy view of it it's a very kind of closed off not even allowing the ability to properly process or understand the information but that's one important thing. It is not cheating. Cheating, in and of itself, does not have to purely be sex involving other people. It's effectively what a relationship agreement or a relationship agrees constitutes as cheating. So when you form a relationship with someone, whether you are monogamous or polyamorous, there is an agreement in place as to what commitment to each other means. And cheating, in quotation marks for those on the podcast, but what cheating is, is a breach of that agreement and a breach of trust. So that's why monogamous people view polyamory and ethical non-monogamy as a form of cheating because if you're in a monogamous relationship, which is the agreement to be committed to one person to each other, any breaking of any involvement with another person outside of that dyad, outside of that relationship, 
is cheating because it's breaking the agreement to be monogamous. So, and usually cheating in monogamous society involves sex with someone else. Ethical non-monogamy and polyamory basically defutes that point. It makes it a moot point because, again, in the word, ethical non-monogamy means that everyone is in a no and there are multiple people. Polyamory is multiple loving relationships, which can be sexual. So therefore, sex with other people cannot be cheating. It isn't cheating. However, if, say for example, you had a polycule, and a polycule is this play on word of the scientific word molecule, which is a bunch of elements which are connected, a molecule. A polycule is the connections between partners. So say, for example, you had a polycule which might involve maybe four people, just as a rough idea. It's usually more, but just say the polycule is four people. If that polycule made an agreement that they would close it off and only date each other and not take other partners, if someone within that four-person polycule ended up breaking that agreement, that would be cheating and that would be when taking other partners while being non-monogamous would be cheating. But simply having multiple partners while being non-monogamous isn't in and of itself an act of cheating. But I think that's the main thing to really hit home, is the idea of cheating. And I think another reason why I felt so drawn to polyamory is anytime I was in monogamous relationships, it's not like it switched off. I still wanted to be with other people in a sexual way or in a receiving cuddles like way. Like, you know, I had a lot of love to give and I liked receiving love. But I was in a monogamous committed relationship so I didn't act on those urges. I think that's why I was drawn to polyamory because it allows the freedom to pursue other connections. And when I think back to when I was monogamous and just in general how monogamous society works, cheating has become so normalized because it's so prevalent. It happens so much. 
It's the butt of jokes in sitcoms, in comedy movies, in stand-up shows. Everyone agrees, unilaterally and unanimously, that it's a bad thing, but it still happens. And the reason that it still happens is because, I know, this is purely my own view and belief based off books I've read, one of the main books being Sex at Dawn by the amazing Christopher Ryan, so 100% read that book, I'd highly recommend it, but it comes from the main, my main belief that being monogamous, as in committed to one partner, isn't natural for humans to do. Now, just because I believe that, and even if it may possibly even be true, doesn't mean that nobody should be monogamous. No, that's stupid. Polyamory is freaking hard. Not that any, like, like, relating in general is hard. Humans are messy, weird creatures. Humans are hard. But polyamory involves so much open and honest communication, empathy, emotional intelligence, emotional processing, that that isn't something that a lot of people are cut out for. Now, if we were to say, have some hypothetical world where monogamy just didn't exist, or it was just purely an option on the table beside non-monogamous relationships that are ethical or polyamory, polyamorous relationships, and people were raised in a society where there was just multiple relationship options, maybe then it would be different. Maybe then being polyamorous or being ethically non-monogamous wouldn't be this incredibly difficult and tense thing to do because we wouldn't have known anything else. But we live in a society that is rooted in monogamy. It's considered the one and only norm that, like think about it when you're kids, when you have relatives asking you, oh, do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a girlfriend? And usually that's also very gendered, so if it's a boy, do you have a girlfriend? If it's a girl, do you have a boyfriend? Never do you just have a person, <laughs> but When you think back to kids, it's almost like encouraging this chase to find the one person that will be perfect for you. That you will have kids with. That you will grow old with. 
and spend the rest of your life intermingling and entangling with. So when that's all you're taught, and then when that's also all you see through our media, through books, movies, TV shows, when that's all you know, and then you come across polyamory, like the oasis in a desert, this other option. And you decide to try it out. There's so much conditioning that you have to unlearn. There's so much you have to unpack. There's so much. I'm just pictured. Do you remember? In school, it's particularly secondary school, and you'd always see the new first years. Their first year in school, they're all young and full of annoying bouts of energy. But the main thing you always remember is that they all have these massive back. Twice the size of their bodies. Massive backpacks. That's what it's like when you've spent your entire life being monogamous and now you've ventured into this new domain of polyamory, of ethical non-monogamy. You've got this giant backpack, all this conditioning, knowledge, or lack of knowledge, but just beliefs, everything that you're carrying around with you because you haven't known anything better. And then it takes just being in that new domain for a while and having the older students who know better that kind of show you, huh, you know what, I don't need to carry around all this stuff. A lot of this stuff is actually kind of unnecessary to have all the time. And then you start to actually not have your giant backpack filled with books that's twice the size of your body. You slowly whittle it down to the point that you might not even have the backpack anymore. That's the eventual hope of anyone who is polyamorous or in an ethical non-monogamous relationship, is that you'll completely undo all the conditioning. That you'll achieve this almost zen, in quotation marks, I hate that phrase, but this zen state. And one of the things that, I think one of the biggest things that I definitely unlearned, and I think a lot of people do when they pursue polyamory and ethical non-monogamy is needs and boundaries. So
so much of, especially toxic monogamous society and systems encourages that your own needs and boundaries are not as important as keeping the relationship strong. So as in what you specifically desire or need that comes second place to what's needed to keep the relationship going. That is some dangerous bullshit. And that's also what leads to such a common thing amongst monogamous relationships or even polyamorous relationships where you have a nesting partner. But such a common thing is losing yourself. You as an individual disappear as this new relationship, this couple is formed, this new identity. It gets to a point where you don't even know who you are as a person anymore. All you know is that you're a part of this relationship. So if that relationship ends, which happens a lot, which really kind of begs the question, is there really such a thing as a monogamous society anymore when it isn't the case that you find one person and that's your person for the rest of your life. It's more that you just go through a string of this is my person for this time period. But that's another question for another day. But... encourages your relationship with yourself being the priority. Because polyamory involves multiple loving partners, having multiple people coming into your life, you shouldn't be doing that if you're not aware of who you are. If you're not in a kind of stable position with yourself. So polyamory encourages your relationship with yourself being the priority. And part of making that a priority is allowing for you to vocalize your needs and solidify your boundaries. And now, I can't say for every person that's been in a monogamous relationship or is monogamous, but I can certainly say for me, I just didn't even have the language for needs or boundaries until I became polyamorous. It's been so transformative for me. It's taught me better communication skills. It's made me a more effective communicator. It's given me the ability to understand my needs and to advocate for them 
And it's also given me the ability to realize what my boundaries are. And when I think about how transformative polyamorous has been for me, even though I know it's not an option for everyone, it just saddens me and pains me to think about all the people who are in monogamous relationships because they don't know there's any other option who are in the same boat that I was, who are lacking the skills to advocate for their needs and boundaries. And that's just sad. My heart breaks for them because that was me. And I definitely think one of the really important things is the, and I've said it already, but I'm just going to reiterate it is prioritizing that relationship with yourself. One of the common jokes, it's not even a joke because it's true, but one of the common phrases amongst the polyamorous community is how popular Google Calendar is. And it's so fucking true. Because if you have multiple people in your life, that means scheduling. You have to be good at working a calendar and scheduling. But because polyamory encourages that relationship with yourself, that means you make sure that that relationship is also included in the calendar. Because Even in monogamous relationships, everyone knows how important it is to have your me time, to have the time separate from the relationship. And there are a lot of monogamous relationships that lack that, where the people in the relationship spend all their time together. They do grocery shopping together. They go on walks together. They don't do anything separate from each other. They aren't people. They are the Borg. They're this synced up unit. One thing that's creepy as all heck, but also that means that you're not putting your relationship to yourself first. You don't exist as a person anymore. So when you're polyamorous, one of the main crucial things when you're using that calendar is that you schedule one, two days, whatever, depending on obviously how many partners you have, but you schedule the days that are just for you. Whatever you need to do to love yourself is what you do. And the thing is, by doing that, by prioritizing that relationship with yourself, by nourishing that relationship, it means that you're not a bad partner to your other partners. By focusing on yourself and looking after yourself, 
it means that you're looking after the relationships and partners that you're in because it means that when you spend time again with your partner or partners you are there 100% and fully another thing I'm just gonna maybe I think close off on it just for now for this introductory topic is the polyamory or ethical non-monogamy encourages just better sexual health better sexual health practices which is something that is severely lacking within monogamous society in monogamous society, it's almost like you should only get a sexual health check if you feel that there's a reason, as in if you're scared, as in you feel that you have to. Which is really dumb. Now, like, with being polyamorous, so because of the fact that you have other partners it's not just you that is at risk it's your other partners that are at risk from whatever you do and then you're at risk from whatever they would do so that's why making sure everyone has clue has positive tests or I should say negative in the sense yeah no sorry <laughs> negative tests not positive that's it that's not what we want <laughs> no. <laughs> um, negative tests before you take another sexual partner and I just feel like from talking to my friends who are monogamous or even from when I was monogamous that's just not how it's done now again that's a very generalization there are of course monogamous people who are very good at keeping on top of sexual health checks and being sexually healthy is something that's very important, which is great, but it should be across the board, not a rarity. And again, like within, like because people are messy, there are, I'd say, undoubtedly, polyamorous people who aren't as stringent and strict on sexual health checks. But they'd be bad and also unethical polyamorous people. But yeah, I think I'm definitely my plan is to talk more in depth about different issues, so I might do one specific episode kind of on 
triads and unicorn hunting and the nuance that's involved there because that's a whole other area. But I think the main thing that I wanted to just hit home from this episode is that ethical non-monogamy is the umbrella term which effectively means everyone is aware of each other's involvement and there's multiple partners involved. Polyamory falls under that umbrella term and refers to multiple loving and committed relationships that can be sexual, but it's not always involved. Ethical non-monogamy and polyamory is not cheating. Cheating can happen within polyamorous or ethical non-monogamous relationships, but those relationships in and of themselves are not cheating. And the main thing is communicate, communicate, communicate. If you do decide to pursue polyamory, and I personally would encourage people to at least try it, well, it's not something that you can try. People aren't disposable things. But to at least do more research on it. And the reason I'd encourage that is because it's been so transformative and positive for me. So I want other people to experience that positivity. And plus, the more people that are pursuing polyamory means the wider the polyamorous dating pool gets. So more the merrier. So please, more fabulous queer people. I want to meet you all. But yeah, I think I'll bring it on to a close on that. And if there's any questions that you have, please feel free to reach out to me. My Instagram is fishnets underscore and underscore philosophy. So is my Facebook page. And if you've liked this video or this podcast episode, please review five stars. Ten fingers. <laughs> five stars, please. And comment, like.